why do men still talk to their exes? What are you people doing with your exes on your WhatsApp? You know, sending each other messages. What is going on there? And I know initially you mentioned that, and you are right. Yes. You have a culture yeah. of using you, to blocking and removing you, so they can move on emotionally. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah. why are you talking to your ex? Please help, help my okay, so my women understand. As I said earlier, men and women are completely different. If you if you understood the mad magnitude of how different we are, it's actually quite scary. We think completely differently. Um, as I said, women tend to comp- compartmentalize their um, relationships. A woman is done with you, it's like yeah, she's going to block you. At best, she's going to be distant from you. But men are not like that. Welcome to the Dane Don God's Way podcast. I'm Tolu. I'm your friendly Christian relationship counselor. And today I'm really excited. I have a very special guest with us and he's going to share how to know if a man really wants to be with you. Moshud Edewa is a business and economics graduate with a master's in oil and gas management. He enjoys discussions on current affairs, history and anthropology. And he will be sharing with us today on how to know if a man really wants to be with you or not. So make sure you're somewhere quiet where you can listen to this because it is going to be very informative. Moshud, so glad you could join us today. How are you? Hi, Tolu. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. No, I'm really, really excited about this. I know you're going to, you know, share some amazing, amazing information on this. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, is there such a thing as the talking stage? Mm. (laughs) Uh, Well, indeed there is. But um, the issue is that men tend to prolong it unnecessarily. Ideally, it shouldn't take more than a month for a man to decide whether or not he can date a woman, for him to decide whether the woman before him is the type of girl he would like to be with. Um, in, the, in, the, in the instance of long distance, perhaps we can consider three months. Okay. But the problem with men is we want to eat our cakes and have it. We take advantage. We intentionally take advantage of this um, uh, phase or this stage rather we want to prolong it unnecessarily we want to uh, have the privileges of dating without actually committing to the girl Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so that's that's the dilemma in modern dating if i'm being honest from a male perspective no please i i appreciate that so much and you know you said something really important that it shouldn't be prolonged so let me ask this is a man ever really confused about the woman he wants from my experience yeah. i would say no i think we always know who we want we always know what we want uh you oh you know from the onset whether or not the woman before you is someone that you would like to date um, getting to know her should be a brief, a relatively brief process in which you confirm that. Uh, so in my opinion, I believe that we know. I believe that we know. And um, the, the facade of confusion 
right. it's because we want to eat our cake and have it. We want to waste your time. We want to keep you for as long as possible without committing. Oh. No, you're, you know, you're already going there. And I, I really appreciate your honesty. You're going there already. In fact, you're dropping some serious gems, right? And, okay, so can a man like two women at once, Moshu? Is, is that possible? This is an interesting question. I think we first of all need to understand and accept that men and women are designed differently. Right. Uh, I don't say this to endorse uh, philandering mm -hmm. or multitasking with people's emotions, but the truth is men do have the capacity to have uh, deep, intimate feelings for more than one woman. Of course, there'll be one that you um, love more, but we do have the capacity to love more than one woman. Um, I think that women, by design, are made for one person. Once they're happy, once they're satisfied, yeah, and once they're in love. I know like a lot of the young girls now, they, uh, they believe they're woke, so they may not agree with this, but I think that fundamentally a woman is designed for one person when she's happy. So a man can like more than one woman? Uh, it goes beyond like a man can love. I wanted... I, okay, I, so... Okay, okay, so... Okay, now, from a woman's perspective, is dating multiple men wrong in that instance, based on what you've just said? If she, die, if she decides, you know what, I want to date multiple men, is okay, that bad? So, here's the thing. Double standards are a part of life. So, societal expectations of men and women are very different. There are things that men can get away with that women cannot, and vice versa. As far as this topic is concerned, Dating in itself is an ambiguous term. It depends on what we mean. Um, when we were growing up, my aunt used to tell my female cousins that they should date as many men as possible. They shouldn't feel tied down until they're married. Um, she wasn't promoting promiscuity, by the way. What she was essentially saying is, if a man is courting you, he's only courting you, you're allowed to entertain other men until you've established a structured, and consistent relationship. That was what she was saying. Because the problem with relationships today is men have the upper hand, and that's simply because men tend to keep their options open even when they're in a structured relationship, whereas women shut everybody out. Exactly. So what my auntie was saying is, while you're, uh, while you're still courting, before you get into the structured relationship, keep your options open. If you've been hanging out with a particular guy and you're getting along, that doesn't mean that you shut everybody else out. Entertain them. Once you get into a structured relationship, I would personally recommend that a woman focuses on her man. But my auntie that gave this advice actually doesn't think so. She thinks that you shouldn't be intimate with other men, but you should still keep them as friends. Right. That's right. her advice to, to young women. Right. So, so for me, I think down to personality, you decide which side of the fence you want to be on. I don't think that there's the right and wrong. Okay, so in that instance now, you know, you've given a very interesting perspective based on what your auntie, um, you know, said, it, it, it's okay for you to kind of relegate that, those men into the 
friend zone, right? Just be friends when you are in a structured, com committed relationship. So what if you decide that, you know what, a structured, committed relationship is requires us to be married or at least engaged? Would, would dating multiple men, would it, would it now be cheating if you are in a committed relationship? It's not cheating, but I think it's morally wrong. So if you have a boyfriend, you're in, you're officially in a relationship and you're still spending time with other men, I personally think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even my auntie did not recommend that. What she was saying is keep them as friends, which I also think is insincere, by the way, because you're keeping them as friends with the intention of possibly dating them in the future. So even though you're not actively cheating and you're not entertaining them, your intention in keeping them is not honest. Right. That's right. my that's my opinion. Right. Okay, so is dating exclusively then a scam? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the truth is, women tend to get the shorter end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the factors we've been discussing so far. Yeah. You know, the nature of women is such that, you know, women are nurturers by design. Mm -hmm. So when you find your happy place, when you find the person that makes you um, tingle, that gives you butterflies, you want to set up camp there. You shut everybody else out. As I said earlier, men do not necessarily do that. You know, so that's the reason why men find it easier to move on after a failed relationship because most men are still at least vaguely in contact with exes. Right. Even if they're not talking on a day-to-day -day basis, there's no fight between them. Like men talk to girlfriends from three, four relationships ago. Even if they're not actively talking, they, they, they have access to each other. But a woman her immediate past boyfriend is blocked on all platforms. <laughs> so, you, so you see the difference. Do you, do you understand the difference here? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we all talk to our exes on a day-to-day, but what I'm saying is we have access to our ex, whereas the average woman has blocked on all platforms her immediate last boyfriend. And he, he may not necessarily have been a bad person, but women like to compartmentalize everything. So as soon as they're done with you, they want to block you. It doesn't necessarily mean you were toxic or there was a big fight. Like a lot of women just want to block you as to help them move on. Okay, you're hearing, you're hearing a lot here already. <laughs> I'm just processing what you're saying. But let me ask this. What should a man... Okay, so now that we've spoken about, you know, dating multiple men, if a man can like and love more than one, woman at once, if he's confused, the talking stage. So what exactly should a man accomplish before deciding to be in a relationship? Mm. Okay. You see, this is a, a vague question because it really depends on so many factors. It depends on what culture you're from. Are you Nigerian? Are you black? Are you white? Are you from Europe, are you, so it depends on where you're from. 
But if we, if I, but for, you know, for the purpose of this dialogue, I will answer based on the Nigerian context. Okay. So we live in a patriarchal society, uh, which means that the men are expected to take charge for the most part. So I think as far as dating here, if you want, if you intend to have a girlfriend, I do think that you should have a bit of change in your pocket. Um, even if, you know, even if she makes her own money, I think you should have a bit of change in your pocket. I'm assuming we're referring to post university relationships. Oh, yes, definitely. Like, seriously. So, if that is the case, I do believe that a man needs to have a bit of, I mean, as stereotypical and cliche as it sounds, you do need to have a bit of money in your pocket because uh, that is how a woman is going to respect you. Um, I, I really don't mean to sound, um, as I said, cliche, but even women who are not necessarily after money respect that a man can take charge of certain things. Right. So it's not even about gold diggers or girls who are looking to live la vida loca. It's just how we are designed here. A man needs a bit of money to earn the respect of a woman. And we're not talking be a billionaire or be dangled to table. We're talking, you're able to make some data things, logistical things happen in the relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So apart from finances that he should bring to the table, what else do you think he should have accomplished? Maybe on okay. an emotional level? Or okay. Um, ironically, I think this is a more important question than the financial aspect. Right. But of course, because of the context of Nigeria, third world country, poverty and all, we tend to place so much emphasis on the financial aspect of relationships. Mm -hmm. um, yes, the emotional aspect is more important. I think that uh, before embarking on a relationship, a man should have his... Um, I think that he should have his emotions in check. I think that he should be ready to respect the woman that he's asking out. Uh, respect is very important. Uh, and it's something that we take for granted. A lot of men disrespect women. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it's an indication of the type of upbringing that they might have had. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, respect is very important. Uh, you have to make sure that you're not carrying any baggage. A lot of men carry baggage from previous relationships and encounters with women and make someone else's daughter suffer for what she knows nothing about. So I do think it's important to be emotionally balanced before embarking um, on a new relationship. Okay. So finances in order, emotional balance, no baggage. Do you have any examples of what an emotional baggage will look like? Because I know listeners will be curious to say, okay, is this emotional baggage that I'm looking at or not? Okay. Right. So. Um, emotional, da emotional damage is uh, very diverse. Mm -hmm. There are all sorts of um, indications of this. Um, an example could be a situation whereby um, a man's ex cheated on him. Right. And as a result, he becomes very paranoid with his new woman. Um, you know, the paranoia becomes toxic because, you know, he 
doesn't want you to go out, is always um, concerned about where you are, who you're with, blowing up your phone unnecessarily. Um, I think most women find a jealous man to be cute, but then when it's taken overboard, no, nobody, uh, you know, nobody really likes that. You know, when it's taken overboard, it becomes unsustainable. It makes the relationship uh, uncomfortable in the long run. Okay. So that is an example that comes to mind. Great. I I think that's a very good example as well. You know, when he's constantly monitoring you, like you said, blowing up your phone, that's definitely not a good indication of emotional balance. So let me ask this then. What if your husband has a side chick? How would a woman approach that situation? He has a woman on the side. You know, let's move it to someone that's already married now. What, What do you do when your husband has a side chick? Mm. So, um, this question is multifaceted. <laughs> I think it's too vague. Right. It's really too vague for me to <laughs> on with a one size fits all. But I would like to throw a question back at you. Mm-hmm. How did she find out in the first place? Because that matters. Okay. What if the side chick, for instance, just posing this as a scenario? But it does happen. You know, we've seen instances of online where people publicize this. The side chick reaches out to the wife, maybe because she found his phone, she found his contact, she wants to create some friction. In that scenario, what would the, what would the wife do? Okay, so um, I want to first of all condemn cheating of any type okay. and um, the culture of side chicks. Right. And the reason I'm doing this is because I don't want any of my comments to be taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this instance, the husband doesn't respect his wife because if you do or if you did, it wouldn't come to this. I'm not promoting the culture of side chicks, but if you respect your wife, yes, I do know you shouldn't be cheating in the first place, but this is real life. If you respect your wife and you're cheating, you'd be very tidy about it. Your side chick would not have the audacity to reach out to your wife. So let's put that out there first. So the fact that she's reaching out to you shows that your husband has not gone about this operation properly. (laughs) So you have a bigger problem on your hands than the woman whose side chick, sorry, than the man whose side chick is staying in her lane. So I'm going to, first of all, say that um, concerning what she should do, honestly, I can't answer this question because it depends on what her end goal is. Do you want to remain in the marriage? Do you want to leave the marriage? What so if she wants to remain in the marriage? You know, because of our culture, coming from the Nigerian context, um, and this is, you know, for our foreign listeners, like Moshud had earlier said, we're very much in a patriarchal society here. So what if she wants to maintain her marriage? What would she do? So, if the intention of the woman is to remain in the marriage, then I think that the ball is now in the man's court. 
So if you have a good man, at this point he needs to be remorseful. He needs to be pleading with you. It needs to be um, exhibiting uh, remorseful gestures. And he needs to be putting himself on uh, house arrest, things like that. If you have a man who is nonchalant about his offense, then you have a bigger problem. I personally would not advise a woman to continue if the man is not showing any remorse. So that is my advice. If you have a man who accepts that he's been caught, he's done something wrong, he's begging you, he's uh, doing all sorts of gestures, then I do think that that is a marriage that can still be uh, salvaged. So that's what I have to say. I can't give any specifics. How you go about handling such a scenario will have a lot to do with your personality. And I think, you know, you've definitely given a, a perspective that will be helpful for women that find themselves in this situation. Because realistically speaking, yeah, it does happen. And obviously, um, I, I side with you on this. We do not approve of cheating of any kind. Um, the side chick culture, the mistress culture, it's not approved here. But this is the reality on ground. Um, so thank you for you know your take on this. Now I, I also wanted to ask you about prenuptial prenuptial agreements. Is anything wrong with that? Say you know you you've made a bit of money as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have attained a certain level of wealth financially before you marry, and you mm-hmm. want to protect yourself. Is there anything wrong with a prenuptial agreement? Um. First and foremost, in the Nigerian context, we don't really engage in prenuptial agreements. This is more of a foreign concept. Yeah. However, um, as far as prenup, uh, as far as prenups are concerned, um, I think that um, there's a dichotomy here. You can look at it in two ways. On one hand, you can see it as a form of security. Uh, usually for the woman, in case the man decides to default or change, etc., etc. So, yes, you can look at it as a form of security. But then, I also think that requesting for a prenuptial agreement shows a lack of commitment or faith in the marriage before it even starts. So, it really depends on how you want to look at it. Um, some men, perhaps including myself, might consider it to be a turn-off if a woman is requesting for a prenup before you get married, because it makes me think it would make me uh, perhaps believe that your priorities are in the wrong place, or perhaps you're looking at, you know, you're looking at the marriage as a business, or you know, you're focused on finances rather than the love that we supposedly share. So, again, I will say that this really comes down to personality. But uh, in the context of Nigeria, I do not think that many men would smile or be pleased with this being raised. We don't really do that here. Well, if you were... So, so if, what if it was the other way around? What if the man decides, you know what, I, I, I want you to sign a prenup? Is that the same principle that will apply in that? Well, 
Nigerian women would even be more skeptical, especially if it's a woman who, as you said, has achieved a lot. I really doubt that a lot of our women would be happy with that. You know, women don't play with their coins. Mm -hmm. You and I know that. So, honestly, I, I don't see a lot of Nigerian women being open to signing a prenup, especially when they've achieved a lot. Okay, but but if you know if it's a, if you're dating a foreigner or you're with a foreigner, this conversation may be taken more graciously, right? Yes, there's, there's room because for I mean, really, let's call it state a state. This is not part of the Nigerian conversation. Okay, okay, so. You know, now we're talking about conversations and contracts. Is it okay as a woman to bring up marriage when you're discussing, you know, with your boyfriend, so to speak? And and how would she bring up that conversation? Because the truth mm -hmm. is, a lot of women struggle with this. You know, and mm -hmm. that is part of, like you said earlier, that prolonged talking stage and that walk around mm -hmm. that that guy will take you on. But she doesn't know how to bring it up. So how would okay. she bring up marriage when she's in a serious relationship? Mm. And how and is should she even bring it up? Okay, so the context of this question is in a serious relationship. Yes. Um hmm. Again, this is uh, cultural. Um, in the Nigerian context, I think it's more of the man's role to instigate marriage. Uh, unfortunately, this would lead to a lot of women having their time wasted. Uh, but uh, having said that, if a woman decides to instigate marriage, I, I, I don't think it's a good idea. It's just like how... Women wait for men to shoot their shots. Uh, you know, women wait for men to ask them out. This is one of those things as well. Um, you know, I, I do think that even though it is not necessarily fair, that's just how it is. And I do think that there are often negative consequences when a woman instigates any of these things that I've mentioned. So if she if she decides to bring up marriage, what what is an example of a negative consequence? Just so she understands. Um, what, what I'll tell you this, Tolu. Um, I'm 34 years old, and in my experience, I think that there's a correlation between the man's effort and whether or not he instigated the courtship, the relationship, the marriage. So if you want effort from a man. I think that you need to allow him be the man in terms of asking you out, sending you the DM, shooting his shot, asking you to be his wife. I do think that, you know, there's a delicate balance. If you decide to play the role meant for the man in this culture, you may not enjoy your relationship the way you want. I've seen instances, uh, mostly in movies, where like the woman expects her man to, you know, to be her man, and he turns around and says to her, "Oh, um, did I ask you out, or did I, you know, did I, did I propose to you?" So the man has to, unfortunately, the man has to want it more than the woman for it to work in the long run. Take it or leave it. 
you. that goes for relationships, marriages. The man has to be more interested. He has to be more um, invested than the woman for it to work, which is why you need to wait for him. Yeah. You need to be, it needs to be his idea. Right. You know, you're dropping, yeah. you're dropping a lot of, <laughs> I, 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 I have one other thing to say I'm not a religious person but I'll say yes. this yes. I believe that even in the Bible it says that God expects a man to love his wife and expects his wife to respect um, her husband mm -hmm. um, my interpretation of that is basically what I've been saying for the man, the man needs to be head over heels for it to work. Women being more structured and being more inclined towards relationships, the relationship can work if she respects you. Love is actually a bonus. Yeah. And I if like she that. loves you, that's fine. The relationship fine, can work if she respects you. Well, I mean, we, it's ideal for her to love you, but I think it's better for the man to love the woman more. Honestly, it's better because it will save you a lot of stress. Men have a lot of stress that come with them. So him loving you more helps to mitigate all of that. It helps him put himself in check. You loving him more, most times, I'm not going to say every time, but most times it's a recipe for disaster because he will take you for granted nine times out of ten. Mashud, thank you. <laughs> because you're saying, you know, it's just, it's so important. What you're saying is really valuable. And, you know, as you're listening to this, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're listening to what it, it, it means for a man to actually be genuinely interested in a woman and how it looks like. Because that's exactly what Mashud is sharing. And thank you for being transparent about this. But... Mm -hmm. If I, get, if I get 55 after this podcast, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why I'm thanking you now. Thank you in advance. <laughs> what, but what does it mean for okay? Now, if a lady is self sufficient, how does that look like from a male perspective? As women, we know how to, you know, gauge ourselves. But from a male perspective, what does it mean for a lady to be self sufficient? And how important is it to a man in considering whether or not he wants to be with her? Hey Queen, I see you're enjoying this episode. If you're interested in diving even deeper into attracting the right men, dating your husband, dating for the purpose of a godly marriage, dating to marry is the program for you. I work with you to show you exactly how to date to attract your husband. I'm going to walk you through patterns all the way to positioning yourself to date to attract the man that is right for you. I only work with four women. Make sure to check the show notes to sign up for our wait list. I look forward to welcoming you into Dating to Marry. Let's get back to our episode. So, um, we're in the 21st, we're, yeah, so we're in the 21st century. So, of course, it's important for every human being to stand on their own too. It's important for a woman to have her act together, to have her own money. Um, to able to support herself, to live her life as she sees fit. In the context of a relationship, I think it comes down to the type of man courting you. Some men see this as a plus, others don't. So it really depends on the values of the man who you are relating with. 
Um, I think that for me, I'm more of a traditional man. So even though I like a woman to have her act together and to have her own money, I do think that there are some roles that I should be taking charge of, regardless of if you're a billionaire. But there are other men who, when they realize that their woman has uh, financial means, they uh, naturally find themselves becoming complacent and, you know, sharing responsibilities with her. So it really just comes down to personality and values. I have friends on both sides of the spectrum. Um, but um, I think regardless of what type of man you're dating, I think that if you don't, if you're not making, I mean, we're not talking about university girls now. We're talking about grown women. You're done with NYS, you're out in the world. I think that before you should entertain a relationship, you need to be making a bit of money. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you need to make sure that you have something coming in of your own. I do not support turning a relationship into uh, a poverty eradication program. <laughs> Whatever you get from them. No, no, but it's the truth. That's what's happening in Nigeria now. Yeah. I don't support that. I believe that a man should support his woman, but I see that support as a bonus. You should not be living on that support. You should not be relying on that support. So I think that a woman should have her own situation sorted out before entertaining a relationship. In the Nigerian context, it might be a little bit tricky because jobs are few and far in between. Opportunities are the same. We don't really have a conducive environment for enterprise. So it can be a little tricky, but wherever possible, I think that a woman needs to have her own things going on. Well, okay. Okay, even if it's just a little. Yeah. And and for those that are not Nigerian, the NYSC is a national youth service um court program set up by the by our government in Nigeria. You basically serve your country for a year after university. So Moshud, so you're saying that regardless of whatever side of the spectrum the man is, as a woman, you should be self sufficient, right? Just yes, you okay. should be. Okay. You you definitely should be. Okay. So how much should a woman ask a man for financial support, Jen? If she doesn't, does does he start taking her for granted? Does he not? And and where is the limit that she can ask? Because you know, you've said a lot of truth in, in terms of the reality of the situation that we find our, find ourselves financially on a national scale, right? But so as a woman now, if you know you need financial support, should you ask your man and how much should you ask him and you know if she decides not to can he take you for granted or not what's your take on that okay uh in the context of nigeria this is a very interesting question uh we see memes and all sorts of posts on social media about this topic on a daily basis um I'm just going to give you my own personal perspective. Yes. Uh, I believe to be quite proper. Um, although financial etiquette has been thrown out the window in Nigeria, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it has, it has, especially in Pentecostal. But um, I will say this. I will say this. Timing is everything. Okay. At the initial stage, when a man is getting to know a woman, I do not think that that is the appropriate time to be making any type of request. Uh, for a lot of men, that's a turn off, including myself. You're getting to know a girl, and in that first week or two, she's telling you about house rent or someone is in the hospital or, you know, you know Nigerian girls and the usual stories. Mm. So that is a red flag. That is a turn off. As far as I'm concerned, if you're a girl that carries yourself well, even if your roof is falling on your head, <laughs> just to, just to no, do you, so do you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. You're just very yeah, visual. No, but I mean, like, women <laughs> have to have some pride, some dignity, carry yourself well. There are points scored for that. You just met this man. I don't want to know if if your landlord has thrown you out, if your like your phone screen cracked, that's like that should be none of his business. You just met him. Get to know yourself. None of this should be coming up until perhaps you've become close. Like there's really like honestly, this is like a, a, a huge turn off for a lot of men. Um asking for stuff too soon. And for me, it's it's taking advantage. Because you know the man is interested in you. Maybe you know he wants to date you or you know he wants to sleep with you. And you see this as your opportunity to extort him. It's wrong. It's wrong. So I think that as far as making requests, I think that it shouldn't be at the beginning while you're getting to know each other. If he, you know, if he's a generous person and he volunteers certain things then fine but you shouldn't be asking a man that is getting to know you for anything that's the first thing that i would say you also should know there's another thing that a lot of nigerian girls do stylishly they won't ask you directly but they'll be listing all their problems don't be telling someone you just make your problem don't do that it's tacky it's very tacky you know and what they're doing is they don't want to ask you directly so what they're doing is they're listing all their life problems you just met this man on Friday. I'm sure you have friends, you have family that you can reach out to. Um, concerning the second part of your question, um, you know, what are the limits? What, how much did you ask for and all that? Um, whether we like it or not, finance is such a major part of relationships in this part of the world. Um, you know, money is important everywhere, but more so here in relationships than in other places. Women literally date men because of money in Nigeria. Literally. Even the ones that are not after money. Money puts you in a much better position than a man who has better character than you and has, you know, better, a general package that is superior to yours. Money alone will be the deciding factor for the majority of our women. Which is unfortunate, but it's the society that we find ourselves in. We're all products of this society. So, um, sorry for rambling on. I'm going to just, I'm going to answer the second part of your question now. Um, as far as what, as far as like limits on what to ask for, I think once you've established a close relationship, 
women are very observant. Women, they might not see your bank statement, but I think that a woman who has been around you will know what you can afford. Yeah. And the advice that I give to my cousins when they talk to me about men is what I'm about to tell you now. I think that as far as requests go, I think that a woman should only request for what she knows that her man can easily do or do with moderate effort. I don't think that a woman should request from her man something she knows that would be difficult for him or take a toll on him or something that he would struggle with. Those sorts of things, let that be his personal choice. Right, right. Should I give an example? Yeah, please. Okay, so if you have, say you're a couple and your boyfriend is a contract staff at a commercial bank, mm-hmm. um, automatically, okay, and he's from an average family, so he's not from a rich family, so that he doesn't have other things going on, he doesn't have any other business, his parents are of modest means, and he works at First Bank as a contract staff, mm-hmm. automatically you know that he doesn't earn a lot of money. Right. You know that he's probably getting about, I don't know, maybe 80,000, 90,000, maybe 100,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So if you're a, young, you're a girl dating a man like this, this is just a figurative example. If you're dating a man in this category and you want to make a request of him, I really don't think that your request should surpass 20,000, 30, 40,000. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, this is just an example. A, a lot of uh, the people in our audience are not going to be of this category. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, it's an example. I say that to say you need to be requesting for things that he can easily do or things that he can do with moderate effort. Do not request for things that you know, based on your assessment of him, will be tasking or difficult. Leave those things for him to decide. If you're worth it, he will decide. No, you know, I, I love how you just give a very simple example of what it would look like to gauge whether or not you should ask the guy you're, you're with for money, right? So, you know, for our foreign listeners, I just want you to understand, basically, you shouldn't ask, based on the example that you just gave, Moshud, um, 40%, your, your, your request should not pass 40% of his, of his capacity, right, as a man, because you just said, you know, 100,000 naira, which is roughly, give or take, $245, 40,000 naira, which is roughly $98, um, so you want to make sure, from, from what I'm hearing you say, you want to make sure that you are not you are not stretching him, you are not stretching him beyond yeah. what is what he is capable of on a on a normal day, right? Yeah. Um, and if you don't really know what he's capable of, it means you're not close to him. If you've been around him, you need not see his bank statement to know. Just from what observing his lifestyle, observing, you know, what he does for fun you will have an idea. And I don't want us to pay too much attention to the figures that I mentioned. It was figurative. Mm. For a lot of our audience, they'll hear these figures and think, 
you know, peanuts. And that's fine. I was just exemplifying my point. Mm. Uh, I also don't want us to focus on percentages. It's mm. uh, whatever you feel based on your discretion mm. is, uh, you know, is okay. easy for him to, to handle. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so no, you you definitely you know I I like I like what you said something. Now you said if he doesn't, if you're not close enough to him, if you don't know, you're not close enough. So I yeah. think that's a that's it that's a smart way of of gauging where the relationship is at, right? Um, at least mm. as a woman from your angle, not from the male perspective, because women, you know, and I hope you're listening and you're taking notes. You know, this 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 episode is really value-packed, so thank you, Moshud. Um, and mm. I love how, you know, you're breaking it down, saying, use your discretion. Let me echo that. Use your discretion. Yeah. I'm not here saying, yeah. mathematically speaking, so on and so forth. Exactly. But I just exactly. want to make sure that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with our currency here in Nigeria, you are at least able to apply that example on a practical level, but still your discretion yeah. will take top priority. So I yeah. appreciate that. Um, so what do you think of joint accounts? This one we're into figures now. What do you think mm. of joint accounts in marriages? Um, Cholu, before we get into this, I want to, I want to say something else concerning the last uh, question. Okay. Go I on. think that men by nature are providers. Okay. So when you begin to relate with a man, you know, at a certain point, he should be volunteering certain things. Uh, that is a sign of genuine interest. Uh, he should be he should be volunteering certain things. And uh, when you have a man volunteering things, that's a green flag. I know we talk a lot about red flags, but they're also green flags. So that makes it easier down the line for the woman to make requests since the man has already established that he's willing to help or willing to give. I, you know, I, 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 I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm absorbing what you are saying because you are saying it mm. a lot. But that yeah. green flag you just mentioned is important. You're right. We talk a lot about, you know, when we're talking about relationships, red flag, red flag. So that green flag you just mm. mentioned that he should volunteer, right? Yes. Well, you know, one other thing, Tony. Sorry to drag this particular point, oh, but I, I'll say this, especially in our culture over here as Africans, the, the uh, emphasis is normally on the man giving. But I want us to consider something different now. I think it is important for women to give back. Right. And a lot of our women don't do that. A lot of our women don't even have that in their dictionary. Yeah. And I'll say this. If a man has shown himself to be generous and shows him, has, showed, has shown himself to be kind, I do think that at a certain point, the woman should give back and i'm not going to get into the mathematics of it mm -hmm. but i will say that if a man has shown you i think at least 10 or 20 percent of what the man has done the woman should also try and i mean there are different ways of doing that but my point is that the woman's input should not be equal to the man's right, right. yeah so however you want to calculate it is up to you but I do think that if a man has shown you generosity, at a certain point, you also need to, you know, we also like nice things. We also nice, like being shown a good time. Mm. 
Mm. You know, so um, I mean, I, I dated a girl who was very selfish. She never did anything for me, and I remember I complained about it once. And she started bringing me desserts because I'm big on desserts. So still, the little things really count. Mm. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, ladies, as you're listening to this, make sure, you know, when you're in a committed relationship, you also extend the same level of affection. However you want to do this, like, you know, like what you just said, it's really up to you. So I want to touch on this joint accounts, right? Do you think it's a good idea? What, what's your take on it? Jolu. This sort of question is very subjective. It comes down to personality. I, I'm not going to tell you yes or no. It comes down to the personality of uh, the people involved. I've had uh, older friends who have told me that they they would never have a joint account with their wives. I've had some who've told me that it works for them. So I think um, it comes down to the couple involved. But then there are factors that you need to consider. Um, there are some women who are not ideal for this sort of arrangement. And it doesn't mean that she's a bad person or a bad woman. It just means that this is her flaw. Uh, specifically, what I'll say is this. I'll, I'll give you a slightly different context. So I had a, a manager that I was working with at one point who told me that he hides his earnings from his wife. So, you know, I was curious and I um, asked a few questions and I discovered that his wife is a reckless spender. Mm. And his wife is the sort of woman who must always come up with something that she suddenly needs when she knows that there's money available. So based on that, he decided to begin to hide his earnings. But then he did emphasize that she's a lovely wife, she's good, but this is just her weak point. Right, right. Nobody's perfect. Right. So if you identify that your partner has a weak point and it happens to be money, then there are ways in which you uh, can handle that. A lot of women hide their earnings from their husbands. And that's because some men have the tendency to become complacent when they know, when they know that their wives are earning good money. Mm. No, so it really just depends. I, I I like the examples you gave, and just to echo that for our listeners, because you know you are just dropping it, dropping it. So I have to, <laughs> I have to echo just to make sure that they head before you drop the next. Okay. So so just to echo that context is important, right? And I also want to emphasize, you said something now. Marriage is not, and a majority of, of you listening to this um, are not yet married. So I want you to be aware of the fact that you're not going to, your, your partner isn't going to be perfect. It's very possible that they will have an Achilles heel, like a weak point financially. And, and wisdom is profitable to direct, as scripture says. And we're not saying be, what's the word, be sly about it. We're just saying, you know, it depends on the kind of arrangement you found yourself in. Um, so let's switch it back to this. How do you know when a man is losing interest, Moshu? Please, can you just break it mm. down? <laughs> when a man is losing interest, what does that look like? You know, the, writing, <laughs> the writing is always on the wall. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. For men, I think it's consistency. Right. Um, when he's no longer consistent or when he no longer carries you 
along. Men like to share their plans, their ambitions, you know, businesses, things like that with the woman that they hold in high regard. So when he's no longer carrying you along and he's no longer consistent, that is a clear sign. But I think that it's worth noting that it's worth noting that some women get the signs confused sometimes. Mm-hmm. When the man was courting you initially, there's a level of effort that he put in to win you over at that point. I'm sorry to break it to you, but you cannot expect that forever. Right. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect that, um, you know, that back-to-back, oh, have you eaten, oh, every second, like, <laughs> he was on a mission at that time. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say is, the relationships evolve, they mature. Um, so, you don't measure consistency and use that as the yardstick. But after you had passed that stage, the way he was conducting himself is um, what you will use as the yardstick for how consistent he is. Um, relationships are different. There are couples that speak once a day, some speak twice a day, some three times, some every second. So whatever pattern that you establish after that initial stage is what you could use as the yardstick. Okay. So how do you know when he's cheating? Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an ambiguous question. Okay. There isn't one size fit or men are different, but okay. I think the stereotypical response would be that his pattern will change. And you know, women are very observant of the man's pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it's something that I've observed over time. Like if you usually reach out to her at a certain time, if you usually, uh, you know, usually come home and you sit in the living room for an hour before you come to the room, women notice all these things. Yeah. So the minute your pattern changes, she's on high alert. So I do think that, yeah, pattern change is an indication sometimes. Um, with some men, they might become less affectionate towards you. With some men, they might become inconsistent with you. Um, with some men, uh, some men might even not be intimate with you anymore or less frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something really funny one time on social media. Uh, okay, well, too much information. I'll, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> so that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done. You know, I really do appreciate the the level of, you know, detail that you're providing on this because it's it's really a lot of what women struggle to answer amongst themselves. So it's valuable to hear from a male perspective how this looks like. Now, at what point in a relationship, you know, you mentioned, you know, intimacy, sex, at what point should you request a sexual background and medical records? At what point from your perspective? And I know you said, you know, you're not, you're not very, you know, you're not from coming from the religious standpoint, but I am curious to hear, when do you think it's appropriate to request this information? Okay. You want my straight answer? Of course. <laughs> no, my straight answer is never. And I, I'll elaborate on that. Right. Um, it, it's, um, it's ironic that you're asking this because 
some friends and I uh, had, I wouldn't call it an argument, but we had a disagreement about this uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I'm of the opinion that asking, asking a woman for her body counts is counterproductive. Nothing good comes out of that conversation. So as long as she's not scandalous, like you don't hear her name about, I don't think that that's any of your business as a man. What do you want to do with that information? Men cannot handle this information. So why do they ask? We live in very worldly times. Most women are sexually, sexually liberated. Most women are having sex just like we are. Why do we think that we have the monopoly on sexual affairs? We can have sex. We can enjoy ourselves. We can have one night stands and whatnot. And women are supposed to be Virgin Marys. Mm-hmm. I think it's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. A lot of women are living their best lives just as we are. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't need to be asking that question. It's none of your business. And if you do choose to answer, I do think that you should lie. Because <laughs> Yeah, I do think you should lie because men don't take this information well. So my advice is this. If you've slept with more than three or five guys, just cap it at five or cap it at three. You decide. Okay. You decide. I don't think that that information is necessary. You don't need to be asking a woman that is none of your business. Simple. Well, my friends disagree. My friends disagree. I appreciate I appreciate the the you know the straightforward way you put it. Uh, you should never ask in a counterproductive. But let let me also ask this. Oh 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 oh! So I forgot something. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So. Yes, you shouldn't ask a woman that. It's a rude question to ask. It's very invasive. Um. But as I said, there's a clause. You don't right. want to be with a woman who's just is everywhere. As long as she's, you know, you don't hear her stories, right? That's fine. You don't need to be curious or ask me if you like her, you like her. You don't need to know who she was sleeping with and all of that. However, I do think that as a man, you have the right to ask one particular question. And that is, is there anyone I need to know about? What that question implies is if you've slept with any of my friends, friends, associates, anybody around me, actively around me in my face. If we're, going, if we're going to be in a serious relationship, I deserve to have that information. What if there's an STD involved? How would you ask that question? Mm-hmm. Do you think you shouldn't ask that question? Because you will be exposing yourself medically. So, okay, so when uh, you say, like when maybe, you talk about an STD being involved, do you mean she had one in the past? What if or she, she has one now? What if she has one now? Or even as a woman, okay. you want to make sure, maybe, you know, given this, given, given this as a scenario, you know that this man may be a bit active. Um, so you're trying to protect yourself medically. And you don't want to make, you don't want to enter a situation where you catch any STD. Uh, is that, that conversation, at what okay. point does so it which happen? scenario, focus on one. Which one? Is it the woman having an STD or like which one are you talking about? Well, it could be the man or the woman, Mike. But let's just say if the man has an STD and the woman wants to find out, because the majority of our audience is female. If the man wants to find out that the, whether or not the woman, sorry, wants to find out, hmm, is he, does he have maybe HIV? Is he, has he recovered from okay. an STD? 
that information you know, that you know what? relevant. You know what? First and foremost, if you have an STD, you shouldn't be cutting anybody. Go go sort yourself out. I'll start with that. Mm -hmm. Um secondly, this is very sensitive information. If you've had an STD in the past, I as long as you've taken care of it, I don't think it needs to come up. Mm. I don't think it needs to come up because what you do by raising that topic is you stigmatize yourself. So as long as you've taken care of it, it needs it doesn't need to come up. That's my opinion. Um as far as the conversation about getting checked and all of that, I think that when a man and a woman start a relationship and they start being intimate, start off using protection. Mm-hmm. Down the when you start getting a bit closer, then you can have the conversation. Because I think talking about getting tested before the fact it spoils the mood, it makes things a little little bit awkward sometimes. I do think it's better to start off being intimate with protection, and then down the line, you can have the conversation. If you want to stop using protection, that is my own personal opinion. Because for me, it begins to seem like some form of interview, like we haven't even been intimate before and we're talking about going to get tested. It seems too formal. Sex in the first place is supposed to happen on a, a spontaneously the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, no, thank you for this. And uh, th- this is where... You know, I appreciate your angle and I do, you know, love the fact that you're being so straightforward about it. But we we don't share the same angle on this. I just want to echo that um, because obviously, you know, from a Christian perspective, we are we the way we look at it is you should have all these conversations and you shouldn't be intimate till you've gotten married. But I do appreciate Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, you've highlighted how it could look like from another angle, right? If you do decide mm. that this is the route you want to follow. Well, I did just want to echo it for our listeners in case they get confused, um, that, mm-hmm. that, that this is where we defer an opinion. But Moshuda, I also mm. just ask you, why do men still talk to their exes? What are you people doing with your exes on your WhatsApp, you know, sending each other messages? What is going on there? And I know initially you mentioned that, and you are right, yes. you didn't have a culture yeah. Using you, blocking and removing you, so they can move on emotionally. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah. why are you talking to your ex? Please help, help my okay. So as I, as I said earlier, men and women are completely different. So if you if you understood the mad magnitude of how different we are, it's actually quite scary. We think completely differently. Um, as I said, women tend to compartmentalize their um, relationships. A woman is done with you, it's likely that she's going to block you. At best, she's going to be distant from you. But men are not like that. Men do not necessarily see the need for there to be animosity or for there to be a fight with someone that they've dated before. As I said earlier, a lot of men are in contact with women they dated three, four relationships ago. Not necessarily on a daily basis, on a daily basis, but at least vaguely. Um, so why do men chat to their exes? Well, it depends on the man and his intention. Some men still potentially want to sleep with their exes. Some men genuinely see their exes as friends. 
etc etc but as i said with women once they're done they're done they delete your pictures uh they, you know they wipe you out of their memory men don't like most of the men i know still have pictures of their exes on their phones but you'd be you you'd you'd <laughs> it'd be very difficult for you to find a woman who still has her ex's picture on her phone mm. i like that so that yeah that's just what it is very accurate <laughs> yeah because once women are done with you they're done they don't they don't see the need to have your pictures to they're done onto the next and they're focusing on the next mm. So is there is there so there's no possibility because I, I know like listeners will be thinking okay so does that mean that he possibly wants us to be a thing in the future or it's just for him it's no big deal like it's no big deal okay you mean talk when he's talking to you yeah ex? yeah when he's talking to his ex because on the other end you know a lot of women are led on by this by their exes and situationships mm. happen as a result from the female perspective which is why a lot of women take the angle of i don't even want that stress and they just remove mm. it but from, okay. but when they indulge you for them it becomes like you said women are emotional it becomes very complicated so mm. they will now be thinking even if you are just getting in touch you may not think as a man you do you don't have a pattern but you do you probably check in once a month once every two months something like that there will be a plan mm. of checking in. And like you said, women yeah. take cognizance of these things. So from her yeah. end, if she's, if she's, you know, returning your advances, quote unquote, it, what if she starts thinking, is he keeping in touch because possibly he's still interested in us getting together? Is that wrong or hard to think? Um, not necessarily. Uh, for this particular question, I can't give a uniform answer mm -hmm. because every case is different. Mm -hmm. You know, relationships between men and women are so dynamic that it's difficult to give a standard answer. Uh, some men just enjoy the cruise right. of knowing that they still have access to you. Exactly. Some men genuinely enjoy your banter. Some men are checking in to see whether they could eventually sleep with you again. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it depends. Some men, perhaps they see you as their, their lost love. Maybe they realize that they messed up and they want to keep you in the loop to mm -hmm. possibly come back in the future. Mm -hmm. So every case is different. No more should, you know. I just appreciate what you've done so far <laughs> in like unraveling a lot of knots, you know, that women will be struggling with. But okay, so is there an expiry date where men no longer find women attractive? Okay, you mean like when you've been in a long term relationship or marriage? Yes, exactly. It's a yes and a no, but I'd say not necessarily. I'll explain what I mean. You know, we see a lot of um, chats on social media about how married women or even women in long-term relationships uh, become very nonchalant about their appearance when they've been with a man for a long time. Yeah. I'll give the same cliche advice we always see attached to these posts. It doesn't matter how long you've been with a man for, still make the effort to look cute. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily every day, but still make the effort to look bomb. Like, make the effort to remind him of who you are, in quotes. Mm -hmm. 
you know? So I think it's important, you know, like a lot of women end up, uh, you know, they don't put in effort to look nice anymore. They come in uh, trackies and hoodies to see their boyfriend all the time. They don't do their hair. You know, they don't wear makeup. Like, in as much as that is fine, it shouldn't be all the time. Even if it's like once a week, look nice. It's very important. So uh, in the case of married women, many of them in our culture over here start wearing wrappers, <laughs> uh, shower nets on their hair. So how do you expect the man to still be gingered, especially after you've had kids and all that? Put in an effort, go to the gym, look nice. And it's not a one-way street. Also for the man, you know, you no, no I mean, come on. You know, you don't need, like, having a pot belly is not a rite of passage. So you can also go to the gym, look nice, cut your hair, shave. So the reason I'm making this point is a lot of the time this discussion is directed at women, but I think it's a two-way street. You're right. It really is. So I'm going to ask you just one last question because this has been an amazing, amazing interview, you know, and it's been a very interesting conversation as well. But I want to know this, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be curious to learn. What's one thing all men do that women should be wary of as they date? Mm. Mm. I know, it's such a good question. <laughs> um, I won't say all men, but I'll say plenty of men. Okay. <laughs> maybe 90%, maybe 95%. I think that even if a man is not cheating outrightly, a lot of the time, there's always, I don't know, someone he's bantering with, um, even if it's on and off, you know, there's always something that you might be able to classify as cheating, even if it hasn't um, happened manifested in physical intimacy um but for the most part it's harmless i'm not saying that as an excuse but um it shouldn't be happening in the first place period but for the most part it's harmless thank you so much Moshe. this was really really good now you know if you're a wife and waiting sister we have more so head over to our membership portal we're gonna get some more detailed tips from Moshud on how to know if a man really wants to be with you and i'm really excited to go even deeper um in this conversation so if you're a sister head over to our membership portal the conversation continues there but Moshud, thank you for this where can people reach out to you online because i know they will have questions and they will want to connect oh, okay. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is at Moshud Edewo. That is M-O-S-H-O-O-D-E-D-E-W-O-R. Awesome. At Moshud Edewo on Instagram. I'm also going to link it in the show notes so people can find you easily, shoot you a DM, ask you some, because you know, you are really, <laughs> really giving some very healthy perspectives to what it looks like when a man is really into you so thank you um so now make sure you like share and subscribe to this podcast details about 
you know, following Moshud on Instagram is going to be in the show notes. If you want to join Wife in Waiting, it's also going to be in the show notes. And um, we're going to continue the conversation there. Talk soon. 